The Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track. Everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Have you ever wondered if there's a best time to sell your property? Hello, this is Ken Decker. I'm Yetta Decker. Were you waiting for me to tell everybody who I was? I was. I figured you could do that. <laughs> We're excited to be with you and welcome you to another episode of The Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone to turn our hosts into a home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... Uh, when when we're wondering if it's the best time to sell a house, yeah. it's based on the type of property. It is. And how do I know when it's the best time to sell is what we're going to learn on today's show. Exactly. How do we figure that out? Mm-hmm. So the first way we figure it out, you figure it out, I figure it out, is really what's going on in your life. What's going on that's causing this to be a good time to make a move. People think it's about timing the spring or timing the fall. Fall is a fantastic time to sell, and we'll talk about that in future parts. But really, right now, what we want to focus on is you. Like, you and your life. What makes sense for you? We've had clients say, well, I want to live in the house one more pool season. Mm -hmm. I've loved my pool. I want to keep my pool. And yet it is time to move because the kids have moved out and we've got too much space. So the real reason is we've got too much room or maybe we don't have enough room, but I'm not ready to give up the pool in June. I want to give up the pool in August or September. I've even had that with waterfront properties. Absolutely. Although what works well with that type of property is you put it on in the spring or summer with a fall closing, right, and you get to enjoy it during the summer. Yeah, so there's there's two things that there's we're timing. thinking about and talking about here is the timing, when do we put it on versus when do we move? And I think a lot of times people collapse those two dates. That's actually happened many times as mm. I've sat down or had a consultation with a client as they've said, yeah, but I want to move for June, well, or whatever time it is, we're talking fall market now. So I want to move for October. So I've got to think about fall. Well, maybe the right time to think about an October move is actually in July. Mm -hmm. Rather than collapsing the dates, working backwards. When is it you ideally want to be moved by? And then let's reverse engineer Mm -hmm. when it needs to go on the market. Yeah. Like and and so there's many reasons why someone may want to choose to sell now. And a lot of them don't have to do with timing the market. They have to do with timing their their circumstances like you said. And those circumstances might be financial in nature. Right. Yeah. Right. And sometimes we're coming into a new job and so now we're going, "Hey, this is fantastic. We've got more money." Mm-hmm. Other times we've lost a job that was really awesome and now Mm -hmm. our job is not as awesome and or maybe we don't have one and so financially we need to make a move Mm because there's sometimes it's a need like actually a need 
or sometimes it's a desire. Now, family dynamics change. Oh, they do. We they had get a few. bigger. They get smaller. They get combined. They get blended. They get in-laws. <laughs> All kinds of things. Or grandma moves been, in yeah. or like so many uh, variety of family dynamics that can come mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then there's job change. Like most of the transfers happen in the spring in the you know military, but there's still job transfers and new jobs mm -hmm. created and exercised where people need to move from one city to another, and that can that can cause that. And mm. then there's the joys. Sometimes it's the joys where we want for a different lifestyle. We're thinking we don't need the big acreage anymore we don't mm -hmm. need the big yard to care for and we're thinking condo living is for us yeah or maybe it's time to go out into the country and uh you know we want that bigger property um i think you know we've done a, a pet sometimes people go i want a dog but i don't want a dog in the city i want a dog in the country right and i want a big dog and i want him to be able to run and be free and and mm -hmm. go running with them. Right. Or and, her. Or her. And sometimes being in the city with the smaller animals would be great because we've got the bike paths and we've got all that. So it really is to look at your life. Why, why do you want to move? Mm -hmm. And then figuring out that the time of year to move, short of something like waterfront, really does make a difference. Waterfront tends to sell for a premium in the spring and summer mm -hmm. and is a little harder to get the optimal value, even though people may not move till the fall. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that we sell properties every month. Yeah, there isn't year. a month that we haven't sold properties right. in 28 and, years. And sometimes probably. it has to do with the property that comes available. Like, for instance, this summer we recently sold a property for somebody who spent a year looking for the right home to come on the market for them in the right geographical area that would actually suit their school zone for their family dynamics, their friends. And so it took a year to find the right property. Then when that property comes, you buy it, you, have, you get to sell your house in whatever season it is, fall, spring, winter, summer, that's the time you need to sell your home. Mm hmm. And when we're buying a home, sometimes mm -hmm. we want to place the emphasis on our worst case financial scenario. Absolutely. And we did that with them as well. And in this case, we actually got them considerably more than the worst case scenario, more than even their best case scenario. <laughs> um, but that's what we want to do, because especially if you're, you're in a situation where you're going to buy a home before you sell yours, and you may not be able to financially afford two homes, two mortgages. So we have to make sure we've got enough time and we've got enough leeway that we can price your home that it will sell in your time frame so you're not stuck with two. Right. And what we do do is the guaranteed purchase. Mm -hmm. Right. So there is a time where some many of our clients have said to us, we really have been looking for so long. We just got to jump on this one and mm -hmm. we'd like you to do a guaranteed sale. Yeah. And so that's something that is also available when it makes sense for the client. Mm -hmm. Right. So as not to lose out on the right house. Yep. 
that that is a possibility. There's also um, really it, it's a matter of knowing the market, knowing the property, knowing what it's going to take to sell it. Is it is it ready? And sometimes when they've been spending a long time looking to jump on a property, they've spent a long time getting their house ready for sale too. So they're ready to go on the market right. And we can make moment. that done with a couple of days if we need to. When the situation mm -hmm. requires it, we can move as fast as you can move. Yes. Not you, Ken Decker. You, the person looking to make a move, we can move faster, we can move slow. It's never really too early to call to get great counsel. Mm -hmm. And then it lets you do the work while yeah. we're also doing work. Yes. And some people have asked, well, what about financially? When am I going to get the most amount of money for my property? And we will tackle that on a future segment. So I've heard it said, there's a season for planting and a season for harvesting. Mm -hmm. Real estate is absolutely no different. Mm -hmm. Are there still buyers in this fall market? Well, we've created over 367 episodes mm -hmm. on, that are stored on the YouTube channel so that you can look at all the tips and advice that we've created, really accumulated over the last 30 years in real estate. And we've only been recording shows for about eight years. So that's still a long time. So there's lots of insider tips, just mm -hmm. general housing information, and really how do you make your house a home? And yeah, so, today so I think it's amazing because in today's amazing? technology, we've crammed 30 years of experience into like eight years of YouTube videos. That is kind of cool. <laughs> and so if you want to access anything, pretty much, and if we haven't covered it, I invite you actually to ask us the question. And if we really think you've got a great question, we'll invite you to come and hang out with us on this side of the camera. Yes, but if that scares the bejeebers out of you. Then so, you can say no. You can. And you can still ask the question. <laughs> we'll still answer it. Just often the questions you have are the very questions that someone else is looking to have answered. So the vast majority of all the content we share is actually things that we have been asked of where we didn't get you on the show with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the answer to that question is there are buyers in every season. Every season, every month, and pretty much every day of the year. Yes. But also, let's let's say, does it make difference if price wise, if I'm selling in the fall? Because people say, "Oh, spring market, spring market, spring market," because there's so many buyers and there's so many houses for sale, and also people have cabin fever, so they're coming out of the woodworks like crazy, right? Out of hibernation. Out of hibernation. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is there usually is a bit of a Bike in pricing for the spring market. If the market's going up. If it's going to go up. Right, which it has now for the last decade or more. So therefore, we're used to an increase every spring. We've really only had a down market three times in 30 years. And well, even longer than that, but 30 years. <laughs> we, we refer often to the 30-year mark benchmarking because that's our hands-on in because that's how the trenches. No. In real estate. In real estate. How old I am in real estate. I'm only 34, so I don't know how that's possible. Well, started young. Right. Mm -hmm. However, so 
the value, if it's going to go up that year, does usually spike in spring. That's a pretty yes. typical truth. Now, if we're in a market that's escalating because there's a, a, a lack of supply right. and a higher demand, which is what we're in right now, we continue general, to be in that yep. in general. And again, that's specific to locations and price ranges. Lots of things, some areas aren't moving because of price range or whatever the reason being. So when we when we look at it, we go, okay, in this market where we have escalating prices, if we're selling in the fall, we might actually be getting more in the fall because we've had the whole spring and summer fever, the, the frenzy of prices going up that's causing the highest price in the fall. Exactly. Because we're still escalating. Yeah. And you know what I like about selling in the fall? Beautiful col fall colors? Uh, nope. Okay. If I sell in the fall, it means I may be buying in the winter. Now, although the prices have been climbing, typically, December and January, you may be able to find a bargoon. A little lower price than you would have paid for that same house in the fall or the spring market. Yes. December to maybe February. Maybe. Maybe. Depends. Yeah, spring market can start early. I know. It does some years. But typically, December and January are the lowest sales months. Right. And if somebody has their house up for sale in December, January, they typically want it sold because they're not just testing the market. <laughs> Because you test the market in the spring, you don't test the market in the winter. And yet that whole testing the market thing usually is shooting yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. Like it usually hurts a seller. Yeah, if you're testing the market above the market, because we know roughly where the market is. And if you're testing it above the market, mm -hmm. then you're causing other properties to sell. The only the only Say time that where slower. okay, what you're doing is you're causing other properties to sell because they're comparison shopping, and it's kind of like gasoline. Although houses are unique and people like one over another based on decorating, based on location, based on upgrades. There's so many unique things, but if gasoline is is a dollar a liter on one side of the street. And a dollar fifty on the other side of the street. Guess which gas station's busier? Right. And so, if we have a unique property, it's <clears throat> a little more difficult to price. It's also maybe a little more variable in what you will be able to sell it for. Yes. And yet, if it is a house that there's been a fair number sell, mm -hmm. if you overprice it in any time of the year, it is going to sit there. Yeah, so even you, in a busy market. Even in a busy because market. Because in a market where there's multiple offers, what's happened is the agents and the buyers have been programmed that a property comes on at X, for instance, let's say 400, and it's going to sell at 20 to 30,000 over 430. But if we price it and we go, oh, we want to price it at 440 and see if we can get 430, it's probably not going to sell and it might end up selling a lot less because the buyers are no longer conditioned to go in and ask less than offering. They're conditioned to go in and offer above asking. If the value's there. Right. And now you're shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak, if you're above the market.
Right. Even so, in a hot market. Even in a hot market. Yeah. You still have to be strategic mm-hmm. around how you price property in any time of year. So fall is phenomenal, provided you take into consideration what is happening in your community. And it can be a higher price than often summer or even spring. Yes. And some properties show like amazing in the fall. You know, they have oh. they have maple trees, a maple forest. They have um, a stream and, and the colors just come alive and it's beautiful. Lots of properties sell in the fall. Yeah. You know what the other advantage is, Yetta? Okay. Since you're making this up as you go. I knew you wouldn't. Why don't that's you what, just tell that's us? I kind of just threw you under the bus. There aren't as many bugs. Right. So if you live in a neighborhood in the country where there are a ton of mosquitoes or black flies in the they spring. They get them in the city too. But you may want to sell in the fall when there aren't as many bugs eating people alive. And they might get that surprise in the spring. Well, it's just I think most of us know Ottawa does have a fair number so <laughs> of bugs. And sometimes you're the really? bug. Really? I'm the bug? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been called that before by you only. Huh. Never by anybody else. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so really what you want to do is make sure that you're pricing it according to the market so that your dream of making a move doesn't turn into a nightmare. And that's why we offer a Either phone consultation to give you general analysis Mm -hmm. or an on-site visit to give you a comprehensive analysis, or we'll even do photos and do a Zoom analysis. I mean, we can do just about anything today, depending on what your questions are and what kind of timeline you have and just what you're comfortable with at this point. You know why? Because an informed decision is always a wise decision. Always. So what is the general fall market? Great question, Ken. Yeah. So we at the Decker team have enjoyed helping families not only sell and buy real estate, but helping families flourish in their relationships and and really in their self-growth, mm-hmm. their their spiritual lives and their financial lives. We just are passionate about helping people. So the fall market, is it a good time to harvest? It can be an amazing time to harvest. (laughs) I like to harvest in the fall. They say yes. I say yes too. Unless you're strawberries. And then you should do them in the summer or spring, (laughs) I guess it is. So what key factors are going to affect our pricing in the fall is what we're going to learn on this episode, Mm -hmm. what we're going to explore. So if you have a pen, You might want to jot down some of the key factors because they really don't change year over year. As a matter of fact, some of them don't change season over season. True. Because if it's generally affecting the market, now I'm talking the macro market, which is the overall market, right? Right. The general real estate market in the Ottawa Mm -hmm. and area versus your specific neighborhood or your specific property type. Exactly. So if you're living, and it's really interesting because geographically I've been noticing some, some, what I consider real bargains in some of the other towns nearby. Some are commutable and some are not, but some people are looking at, oh, okay, I'm going to build my wealth in Ottawa while I live and work in Ottawa as a house. When I retire, I'm going to move to a different market that may be a retirement market and it may not be, but the pricing maybe significantly better, and now I can free up 
hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. Well, it is exactly what happened last year and is still happening a little bit now. But when the Toronto market hit the height of the market, mm -hmm. there were quite a few of our clients that sold in, in and around that market. And it's still happening, just not quite to the yeah. same degree. And then relocating to the Ottawa market where they're still working or they're working from home. Or they home, retired early. Or they retired early, took their mm -hmm. money and brought it to Ottawa and purchased a home for a fraction of the cost. <laughs> yeah. So the supply and demand. I always say real estate's always going to go up in, in value. Over the two, long haul. In, over the long haul. If there's two mm. principles in play. One is that the population is increasing. Right. And we've just hit over a million people in the yeah. Ottawa area just a few months ago. And so we are increasing. We're growing. And Canada is growing, mostly through immigration, but it's growing. And if you have a growing population, you need places for people to live. Right. And then the second thing is, uh, typically, if you're growing population, is because you have a growing workforce. You have a growing economic engine. There are jobs available for people. The only alternative to that is where your population is growing because you've become a retirement center. And then your jobs are mostly service jobs, restaurants, uh, that kind of thing, hair salons, and any kind of service item. Now, that's the only caveat because typically it's jobs that drive a population growth. And if your population is decreasing or your jobs are decreasing, guess what? Supply and demand. You have too many houses now for too little population. So people are trying to get rid of properties that they can't rent or they, can't, or they don't want to live there anymore. So suddenly prices will fall drastically in that kind of market. And if we have surplus. Surplus what? Homes. Oh, surplus homes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the prices drop. And that can happen sometimes like it did in the condominium market. Right. The builders overbuilt for the demand, and we had a surplus of new condominiums, and it drove the prices down. Now, that, that inventory has been chewed up and eaten up now. Right. And it wasn't only the new condominium market that was affected by the surplus, the resale market was also affected. Oh, significantly. Because it made too many across the board. Mm -hmm. And now we're actually sitting well again in Ottawa. And that was an unfortunate little blip that I don't think anybody saw coming. I mean, the last time that condo market was really challenged was back in the 90s. Well, and if you ask the, the developers, because significantly it was uh, apartments that they were building, they're planning those things out years in advance when they're when they're getting zoning rechanged, they're getting drawings designed, engineered stuff. It takes years to build an apartment building condominium complex. And so many of the developers were doing it at the same time. And they don't always know who else is doing a development. So suddenly there's cranes in the sky and there's too many. Now, Toronto hasn't had that problem. The cranes are in the sky. They're building lots of condominiums, but the demand stayed strong. And a lot of Toronto builders thought, hey, let's go to Ottawa because price per square foot was low in Ottawa and we could raise it up. There was a demand. Right. And yeah. So 
what it really takes is an individual assessment because we talked macro, but now there's micro. Okay. For instance, I recently sold a bungalow in Kempville. And I believe we got a smoking deal for our buyer. Right. We were working with the buyer in mm-hmm. this case. Yeah. Yep. And an investor buyer. An investor actually. buyer. That's right. And we looked at what we could buy in Ottawa. The numbers didn't work. Right. Based. And when you say the numbers didn't work, just so that we have clarity. For positive cash flow. For positive cash flow. It doesn't mean it wasn't going to be increasing in value. It doesn't mean they couldn't afford to pay the bills. It was simply based on what the rent could be charged in the Ottawa, Mm -hmm. in in the Ottawa, in the Ottawa house that we would use as a comparison to the one that they bought in Kempville is the rents were similar Mm -hmm. and the purchase price was much less. And so it created positive cash flow versus negative cash Mm -hmm. flow. And that was important to this investor. Yeah. And we found a property that was not that old, had good bones, but was a little ugly inside. Right. Um, the ugly ducklings wrong, are my wrong, thing. Wrong color carpet. The carpet was wrinkling. It was stretched. Uh, it needed to be painted. But other than that, solid, solid bungalow. And when we, when I did my analysis, this is a part that a lot of people don't realize, is you can compare a three-bedroom, two-car garage, two-bath, three-bath bungalow, one to another to another to another. Relevant data, Right. Right. But when I went and I looked at the comparable sales and then I pulled square footage data off the assessment, off the tax assessment rule, this bungalow was over 200 square feet bigger than the last couple of sales that other, I believe other people were comparing it to when they were looking at valuation. And even when it was first put on the market. Yeah. So making sure that you don't underprice your property too, because you may be leaving a lot of mark money on the yeah. table. Now, mind you, because of the condition, they had had other offers mm-hmm. and none of them had come together based on price. So they didn't really overprice this one or no, underprice no. Yeah. it. Uh, it was more a factor of, hey, if I improve this property because of its square footage size, I'm doing top, top. I'm making money yeah. just by buying this house. Yeah. So interesting. I, I read a quote. There's no foolish questions except the ones that you don't ask. Or mm-hmm. the ones you ask somebody that they don't have the wisdom to give you a good answer. Exactly. That'll cost you. Yeah. So we're excited to be your partners in moving forward together. Because together, we got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.